0: My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. We are now completing three years of being on the air, and I wanted to personally thank you for all of your support. As a listener, as you share the podcast on your social media pages, and for your financial support. We would not be where we are today without this amazing support, which is in over 80 countries and 150,000 downloads worldwide. So I thank you, dear friend. I'm grateful we get to walk this journey together. And I cannot wait to see what we're able to do in another three years. Thank you again, dear friend, and blessings on the journey.
1: Support Tech Staffing presents... The Authentic Spiritual Journey, a weekly show featuring real and practical spiritual conversations from diverse perspectives here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Today, episode 163, Remembering Mama. And now your host, Reverend Cynthia Alice Anderson.
0: Hello and welcome to The Authentic Spiritual Journey. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson. I'm the host, and I'm here in 818 Studios with my producer.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Dave Croft. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 163 of The Authentic Spiritual Journey. As always, I hope that you had an amazing weekend and are ready for an amazing week ahead, and we are settling into the beginning of August. I cannot believe the year That's 2021 it's august already
0: i know friends where's the year gone uh there's something about uh i feel like we've been in a time warp somehow i'm hearing something from what's that show <laughs> time warp the let's do um, the I feel the time like we're warp in a time again. <laughs> warp uh <laughs> yes yes um i feel like we've been kind of in a time warp honestly since the pandemic started Days that used to feel short felt long, and days that used to feel long feel short.
1: Yeah, I feel like things kind <clears throat> so of stretched. It's been really- uh, yeah, I feel I felt like st- time stretched last year with the pan- pandemic, and now things are opening up yeah. and things are snapping t- really fast. And yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange how yeah. how uh, time is, is is dilating.
0: I know. Well, I don't know if um, our friends remember. Uh, We had the uh, Olympic champion John Coyle on, and he and I have spent uh, some time together, quite a bit of time together outside of his speaking and uh, you know the several things he did at CCU several years ago, and um, I believe his talk was on the show as well, but uh, you know on the channel, and uh, he does a whole thing about time, and one of the things he talks about is that how. <clears throat> when he was in his corporate job he would go to work every day and work these numbers and the days felt like eternity and he would go on vacation and the days that and, and well he said the days when he was in the corporate world felt like eternity and he couldn't remember anything he had done during the day but that when he went on vacation uh he remembered every moment and you know could be totally present and <clears throat> and the days felt really I'm short because there was so much joy and so much fun and so much presence. So I'll never forget that. And it's, it's always reminded me to, to stay in the moment because there's, there's so much goodness there. Yeah. So yeah, this has been a very strange time. And friends, I know you're joining with us and understanding us. I, I feel you shaking your head (laughs) wherever you are. Uh, I've heard from several of you recently and, um, I I have a new phrase. Somebody said, this is an (laughs) (laughs) RCA-ism. That was recent. Uh, I was on a class and someone who's listened to the show for, uh, who's actually listened to every single show since we started, even though she didn't find our show until the pandemic, she listened every day and she started quoting (laughs) RCA-isms to me the other day. So uh, I felt really honored by that. Um, and I was like, "Well, that kind of is an RCAism." One was, uh, "It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom," mm-hmm. and another one was, "God will give you all you want." To all you want is God. So, anyway, friends, that was fun and yeah, those interesting. Are those are really but good. But we have been in a time. Aren't those good, Dave? I want to get yeah. a shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get a shirt that says those. Yeah, yeah, just wear it out and proud with RCA. Uh, but today is a really special show. Dave, you want to give us a title for today?
1: Yeah, the, the uh, title for episode 163 is Remembering Mama. Remembering Mama.
0: Yes. Yeah, this is my mom's birth month, and I th- she was born uh, in 27. So let's see, what would that have been? 27 she have been 94, 94. She would have been 94. She, you know, she made her passing this last year towards the end of the year. Uh, it was not from COVID. As a matter of fact, she survived COVID, but um, it was just her time, you know, and I've never done this, but I felt like it was important to do a show of honoring. You know, there, we, so many of us have lost people in the last year. Parents, A grandparents, you know, there's just been a lot of loss. Um, People that had been ill, but we thought certainly would live another twenty years, didn't? As a result of COVID, and I felt this might be a good time to do a memorial show. And it's it's a memorial about my mom and the impact she made. And and I know as I am telling stories about her, my sense is you're going to be inspired. My sense is, too, you're going to be remembering some of the good things from your folks, from your family members, from those you've lost, you know, in the last year. So it's like, what's so amazing about story is when I share my story, uh, you're going to instantly relate it to yours. That's that's the power of story, you know, in our lives. And um, I, just, I was just telling Dave right before we came on, I— just recently saw the movie in the heights now uh having said that I had already memorized the musical with my son <laughs> with my son and I had also seen it uh, on Broadway and or not on Broadway but rather a live performance I didn't see it on Broadway but I saw rather a live performance in Orlando that was fantastic I mean I've never I don't think I've ever sobbed <laughs> during a show but whew, it was powerful. Um, and, and I think it's a very powerful time, you know, also for people of color and certainly the Latino, Latina community has been so marginalized that the power of seeing a show like that right now was so evident. Um, there wasn't a lot of energy in the theater. I think there were five of us in the whole theater, <laughs> but when I had seen it live, there was just like this huge like outpouring of, emotion from everybody and and what was so interesting is it it wasn't just the music although the music is amazing to me in the heights is better than hamilton and i know hamilton's gotten all the press but to me in the heights is even better even though it was his first lin-manuel miranda's you know first musical yeah he was
1: a he was a sophomore in college when he wrote that
0: Oh, yeah. And Dave, I don't know if you've ever heard, he wrote the shortest musical in history. Uh, his 16-minute thing he wrote for NPR no, is I haven't seen amazing. That. Jo- My- yeah, it's—I'm um, I- trying to remember the name of it. We ought to put it in the show notes for our listeners, because it's, uh, it's about uh, police officers that would uh, go into high schools, you know, impersonating high schoolers, and— um, he was asked to write a musical about it. I think it's the shortest musical in history. My son told me it was, I think it's, that's what he told me. I think it's 16 minutes long.
1: All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll. So it, let uh, us know
0: if you find it. So the name of that musical again by Lynn manuel Miranda was 21 Trump Street. I've also been reading his book. I think it's called Good Morning, Good Night. It's really great. It's all written in prose and uh, it was actually a gift to my son. And I said, can I borrow that? I love story, and uh, this is what I wanted to bring to you today. Is it this? It's not like there's teaching points, although there are. I know you'll glean whatever it is you need to hear. Um, you know from what I'm sharing today and remembering Mama. So, beginning with, uh, I, w- I want to say a little bit about family history, and we all have stories of family where. There are stories of trauma, abuse, neglect even. And those stories are also present in my history. But there's a saying down South, um, you never speak ill of the dead. And I think that's a good practice. And so what I want to say is, you know, about that is that in my upbringing, I'll just make it all about me there were things that were less than perfect. If we were in church, I'd say raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. And every hand will go up. But what I've also learned is that part of my part of my journey has been to grow in and through those situations, like those situations that were hard that were I didn't know if I would survive them. They're what made me who I am. But that was not all of my story. And so recently I did a a a practice where I went through my whole, well, I had pictures from all these different times in my life. I went through all these different pictures and I got one of those big frames that holds like I think it's 21 pictures and usually people use it for like, you know, their family or whatever, but it was a real healing journey for me uh that I was really guided to do this because I had pictures every which way I'm sure it, people are shaking their heads and laughing. I had like boxes of pictures and I went through my life and I grabbed pictures in basically a chronological order and put them and put them in one frame. And as I looked at the whole picture, I was like, you know, wow, those traumas are there, but really they're not what I remember the most. We all have our traumas, but they have to be in proper perspective. So, having said that, I wanted to talk about some of the other things. You know, I so often talk about things I'm healing and things I'm working through and things, you know, that I had to overcome, but it's like we also want to remember the good. And so when I look at those, all those pictures, I see so much more good than negative. I, my memory is of, uh, you know, Oh, cooking in the kitchen or, you know, these, these moments I'm going to tell you a little bit about today with, with mama. So, so I want you to just consider that, you know, and as you're looking at your own story, when, when we've been traumatized, you know, that, that moment kind of exists in our psyche. And, uh, what we seek to do is live beyond that. And I want to mention here that, you know, if you haven't listened to any of Donna Bevan Lee's shows uh, about trauma and healing your family legacy, I really, really encourage you to do that because it'll help you through uh, some of this. And Dave is also the producer, you know, of all the shows on the channel. So uh, I'm not going to ask him to because he's in the middle of something, but I know he could speak to the power and the energy both in Donna's work and even in her book, Iron Legacy.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. So, and uh yeah, yeah and, and she actually uh on on a recent episode had me speak on the on on uh on overcoming some of my own trauma that I didn't even realize that I had It had to do with like dental stuff and everything. So uh so yeah, she's she's great and I really I enjoy uh producing the show and kind of riding sidecar to to just absorbing everything that she's sharing and uh we'll have we'll have a link to to Donna's show in our show notes for today.
0: Yeah, and and what's so amazing about working that trauma dave and that healing work is that it makes room then to remember the good and the good can be also more present in your life. You know, it's like as long as we don't do the healing work and this is what's so fascinating about the spiritual journey when we don't do the healing work Um, the fact is the wounds run our lives. They limit us. But now if we do the healing work, then we also really get to take with us and experience the good stuff. Yeah. So this is really, really important for us to remember. This is really important for us to remember. So, you know, um, I had both the honor and the pleasure and the difficulty of doing my mom's own memorial and I I did it with uh I performed it with her minister her latest minister who um you know was my was the minister of one of my siblings as well and uh it was really powerful to remember back to some of the things I learned from her and one of the things so when I when she was about uh, she was in her mid 50s she was having these big issues with um with arthritis and the issues were pretty intense she couldn't get up in the morning you know uh easily she couldn't move her neck she couldn't move uh her elbow because literally they were locked and her mom had had arthritis that was really debilitating uh Uh, you know, her hands were pretty gnarled and her feet, you know, also. And so, it really scared my mom. And about that time in school, I was in sports and I was wanting to start running. And so, my mom said, well, I really want to start running. I'm trying to, you know, heal myself. And so, she found this book called Arthritis and Common Sense. And she started reading and understanding that the things she was putting in her body were having an impact. And so she began this huge healing journey. Well, at the time I had no idea the impact that was going to have on my life, on my body, you know, on my world, on, on my, on my, um, on my physical body. But we had this circular driveway Uh, in our home. We had a a large home because of all the kids, all the kids and grandkids that were constantly moving back in and back out of the home. And she figured out um, 14 times around was a mile in, in our, in our driveway. And so she started with walking and then she started running and then I started running with her. And I was, uh, I think she was 55, which means I was 14. And so at age 55, I want you to hear this. My mom, who had never run before, started running. And we ran races together. We ran the Peachtree Road Race, which was an awesome, awesome experience. She hiked the Appalachian Trail with her son and grandkids uh, as well. So what am I saying? I'm saying that Those of us who think 50s old, we don't have a clue. (laughs) We don't have a clue what we're capable of. And so, what I want you to know is that even though I did not keep up the running in the way she did, although I still, you know, walk every day, my mom ran the New York Marathon for her 70th birthday. She ran her last half marathon at 80. During that time, of coming off, healing herself of arthritis. And when I say healing herself, of course, I know God was in the midst. But, you know, God was there when she was hurting, too. And what changed was her habits, her, her, her awareness of her part of the problem. And she quit eating uh, wheat. She quit eating refined sugar and no carbonation and began exercising. So she ran every day. She trained, she started, she, she won. And because of her age, virtually every race she ran, she won in her age group. And our ages were quite different. Uh, that happened to me too, quite often. I won in my age group, but I wasn't very fast. It was just because it was nobody else my age running within these adult, uh, these adult things. But what became, um, so beautiful was she also started a yoga practice. And she also did yoga up into her 80s and as a uh, as her Alzheimer's progressed and she was in the home uh none of the staff could believe her physical health and so one time I walked in at 91 she was pushing other people around in wheelchairs in her home where she lived yeah, she said she was helping the old people <laughs> <laughs> So I know, I know we need to take a break and more stories about mama when we return.
2: Life is about to get better and easier when you learn to love yourself. Even those difficult aspects of self can be awakened to acceptance and love. Cynthia Alice is offering a life-changing course that is only four weeks, but will fundamentally change the way you look at yourself and the world. Self-love really is the answer. Learning to love yourself changes everything. We extended the registration for Learning to Love Yourself by one week, so as many people as possible could benefit from this program. The course begins Monday, August 9 at 7 p.m. Head over to www.cynthiaalisanderson.com to reserve your space today. Thank you to all those who have already registered for this course. It begins on Monday, August 9 at 7 p.m. We extended the registration one more week so you can be sure and join us.
1: We'll return to the program in just a few moments, but first, we wanted to give a special word of thanks to our podcast partners, Support Tech Staffing. Support Tech Staffing is an innovative staffing agency built on the principle of caring about employers and employees as they navigate these new workforce and workplace challenges. If you're an employer, they want to be your human resource partner and help with the changes needed during the pandemic. If you're a candidate, they want to become your lifelong career agent to help you grow into your fullest potential. Support Tech prioritizes support over volume, integrity over profits, and will treat your business and your career as if it was their own. You can learn more at supporttechstaffing.com. That's S-U-P-P-O-R-T-E-K-staffing.com. We now return you to this week's episode of The Authentic Spiritual Journey with your host, Reverend Cynthia Alice Anderson.
0: And welcome back. Um, um, I'm really proud, Dave, that we have... uh, ads of my own courses on the channel for the really kind of for the first Mm -hmm. time to do real ads with a real professional uh you know my (laughs) the voice sprint doing my ads is really cool i love when you do them i love i only like when i do them and, uh, it was fun to have bring Terry in, Terry Wilder, the voice of Sprint. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. She's a, she's amazing. She's
0: such a pro. Yeah. She's taught me a lot. So yeah. w- we do want to welcome you back. And, uh, I hope you're wearing, you were enjoying those stories of mama and her running and her commitment to growth. I mean, uh, I have to say, uh, I was just thinking I could do a whole month of my mom. One show is not hardly enough, but, but what, what, You know, today, what I still take with me about that time, about the healing of the arthritis with, um, you know, the running is just the thing that made the difference was her commitment to it. You know, her discipline was unwavering. I mean, just every single day, you know, and and when I think of all she was doing in a given day— Because she was not working by this time when I was a teenager. She wasn't working outside the home, but she was taking care of my dad, who had a disability and was an active alcoholic at the time. She was taking care of, she and I together were taking care of her mom with Alzheimer's and uh, who was living with us, not to mention being the mother and grandmother for seemingly countless kids and grandkids. And and there was always a place for people to come, you know. I'm very proud I'm the only sibling that never returned home to live with her. <laughs> but every other sibling at one point or another came in. Some had kids. One had 13 cats. I mean, we just had, uh, <clears throat> there was always room for one more, you know. My mom couldn't understand the idea of no room in the inn. I mean, that just was a foreign uh, idea. You know, so uh, so when I think of what she was able to accomplish in a given day, given her pressures, her stressors, and I really think the running and the exercise was her self-care and her way to continue. And so, you know, today sometimes when I hear people say, well, I don't have time, I'm thinking, you know what, <laughs> let me tell you about somebody <laughs> You actually do. I know it doesn't seem like it by today's standards, but if you're willing to get up early, you have you have time. And and Dave and I know about that one too. Right? Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, I was up at uh, four o'clock this morning, four a.m. The alarm (laughs) went off. Yep, yep.
0: Yep. That's the way you do it. And and uh, so her commitment to herself and her process. Not to mention, she studied the Bible every day. You know, so, so every morning when I walked downstairs, by the time I got up, the Bible was open, the daily reading, and we were expected to sit down and read that. And she would say, well, what do you think about that today? As she was cooking and helping, you know, who knows if she was ever even hearing my answer, but like, even in the midst of that, she was causing me to, you know, think. And the way she had grown up too was so interesting because she, um, her dad was a missionary in Brazil. So her father and grandfather were ministers in the Methodist church, and they had gone to Vanderbilt. And they he was very learned. He spoke seven languages and was fluent in five. And so as she grew up, um, he wanted to make sure the kids were educated. And so she read, learned a new word in the dictionary every day. And so she would often say these things to me, uh I like just the other day I was talking to my sister and saying, "Do you remember when mama said you're so obstreperous?" <laughs> <laughs> and my sister goes, "No." <clears throat> she goes, "No, I've never heard her say you're so <laughs> obstreperous." I wonder why she never said that to me. I said, "Well, you're not obstreperous."
1: <laughs> All right, now now I'm looking up the word. <laughs>
0: you got to look it up. <clears throat> Nobody's ever heard that word.
1: Obstreperous. You know
0: O-B-S-T-R-E-P-R-O-U-S, I I think. Uh,
1: noisy and difficult to control.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> who would she be talking about, Dave?
1: Yes, I, I. I think I could see that. Having met some of your, you know, other siblings, I, I, I can imagine why you were the one who was the target of that of that definition.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, and so uh, she was very. Uh, learned, even though uh, she had no uh, education past high school. She was always educating herself, you know, always educating herself, which is a powerful thing to do because you're always growing, you know, always evolving. And it was on every level, it seemed to me, because um, as I grew, you know, I later did some missionary work in Brazil. Well, as I um, aged and moved out of the house, she uh, she began serving abroad. My mom served in Haiti. She served some in Israel. She helped uh, women in Haiti learn how to uh, properly breastfeed their babies. Who better to help, you know, than a mom who had all these babies and grandbabies? You know, she was born to do that sort of thing and so and I think that's that's another thing I would if I were to name it I would say just her commitment to humanity through her service her commitment to service rather in every way she served her family she served uh, like I say she served abroad in terms of her mission work she served at the local level she went out with groups and invited people to church and ministered to uh, people in our community as a matter of fact When I was growing up, I went into more soup kitchens probably than homeless people because we were always, always serving everything from housing projects to soup kitchens downtown to giving out government cheese at the housing projects. We did, we did, uh, we did, uh, virtually every kind of service you can imagine. And, you know, of course, That had a great impact. That had a great impact. That still, I mean, it informed, it really informed my entire ministry. She was a real lover too of Mother Teresa. And so was I. You know, I just, we grew up just really understanding and knowing who these, who these people were. And, you know, the church I grew up in was the first integrated church in Georgia. And the minister at that time was my godfather. So of course I grew up being about diversity. That didn't start right. yesterday. That didn't start because somebody first heard of Black Lives Matter. It started because, why? One person. Yes. One person. I'll, I'll never forget on the way to, um, we were on the way to a uh, soup kitchen downtown, and it was really in the heart of the city. Uh, It was somewhat dangerous in in the area we were, but she said, you don't need to be worried. We're there to help. And when you're there to help, God takes care of you. She was just real, you know, real clear about that. But when we were on our way there, we were in the big family station wagon. I don't know if you all remember any of those. It had that wood on the side.
1: Oh, yeah. We had a Ford Fairmont that, you know, like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So it was just me and her, you know, going down, because like I said, we did— You know, I was like her buddy and doing all this stuff, very much in the way my son is with me. And anyway, we were on our way downtown to the soup kitchen, and she said, Now, honey, there are going to be a lot of different people here. And I was like, Yes, ma'am. And she goes, You know, and they might smell funny. (laughs) Mm. I said, Really? Yes. She said, They haven't had a bath. You know, maybe in a while they might smell funny. They might look funny. They might even say funny things, Mm. you know. So she was trying to, you know, prepare me for it. Right. She said, there may be men, there may be women. You know, we just don't know who is going to be there. And when we get there, I want you to say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Right. Mind your manners. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Yeah. She said, you treat. Everyone. Wow, what a lesson. She said, You treat everyone the way you treat me and daddy. <sighs> and that was the end of that. So we got there, and I was, I distinctly remember it because um, it was a huge hall and it was kind of one of those. It kind of felt like a church basement. It was kind of dimly lit, you know, and there were people coming in and they had bags and it was stank and it was kind of hot, you know, it was just this, you know, it it was, it was uh, a sad environment, you know, and we were serving, I was bringing over soup and I was pouring everybody iced tea and water, you know, and all that stuff. And so one of the guys asked me something. And I was on one end of the table. My mom, my mom was on the other end and the guy asked me something and I said, yeah. And I felt from the other end of the table, mama looked at me. I said, yes, sir. (laughs) And then mom looked very proud and and smiled and went about her way. Like, okay, she's got it now. You know, she's got it. Hmm. But you know, what I loved about that story and about that moment was that she, without saying be a good person, she taught me the behaviors of being a good person. She prepared me for what I was coming into and she she, she taught me to be better than I would have been. And you know what? Everyone noticed it. The guys, the women, they go, hey. They go, did you hear that? That's the first one guy said, that's the first time I've been called sir in a long time. And everybody started laughing, you know. And so I kind of became like the little, kind of the little mascot of the, you know, of the thing. Everybody was like, I'm over here. Do you want to pour my drink? And, you know, it it made me feel special then. It made me feel special. It was so different than how they had been treated in the past. Like it was noticeable. Mm. Because uh, even one guy said, honey, you don't understand. Nobody sees us. Wow. What a lesson, right friends? What a lesson. What a lesson. So, you know, if you're one of those grown-ups that has kids around you, it's like sometimes I think we're also plugged in, we forget to teach our kids how to be good humans. They're not going to get that in school. They're not going to get it on the internet. It's up to us, you know so often we're in today's world we're so separate from our children you know uh, i recently wasn't invited to an adult event i say an adult event it wasn't uh you know at a bar or anything it was at someone's house and i said well i'm gonna have my son with me i said if is that okay and if kids are not welcome you know we just won't come but this is this weekend time is really special, and I don't want to lose any time. We're, we're really, you know, doing a bunch of fun stuff. We had gone over to this area we really love and spent a couple of days playing video games and, and, and stuff like that. And I said, I, I want to extend the weekend, but I'd love to come to the thing, but, you know, I'm going to have my son. He said, great. And my son knows how to take care of himself. He's 14 years old, and he can be in a room with adults and carry on incredible conversations. And so as we left, uh, it was really interesting. The host said to me, thank you for bringing your son, because I have never seen a young man who can carry his own in a group of adults. I said, that's who he is. And like, I'm thinking back today, you know, to this stuff with my mom, that's exactly how I was. And, I, and I'm just realizing it's because we just spend time You know, instead of saying, Oh, you go sit at the kitty table, or Oh, let's get a babysitter, and I'm going to go do these cool things while you stay home and play video games. No, he goes with me. He learns, you know. So that's, that's a real legacy my mom gave me is to just, you know, spend some time, to spend some time. I think, I think the final, um, just the final story today there's like i say there's so many amazing stories about my mom but these were the ones that kind of rose to the top as i was thinking and praying about it over the last few days was um always speaking well of others uh she always spoke well of others if she didn't have something nice to say she really didn't say it you know how we learned that lesson and um we we had a situation where um so we we were my family was very involved in the church and the leadership of the church, you know. I was the adult choir director when I was 15. I taught the adult study school class when I was 14, and my brother was the pian- uh, the organist, my sister was the pianist. I mean, you know, the Anderson family ran the church. <laughs> it was small, you know, a small community church. But we went through a time where there was a minister that was not a good fit for our ministry. But what was so interesting during that time for me as I thought back to it. I've thought about this many times after becoming a minister with what a gift the Anderson family w- what would have been to my ministry. But but I was thinking back to there was a minister that um, that was not a good fit for the church. He wasn't a bad person. He just was not a good fit for the church. But my mom never said a word, like I never heard a negative anything. All I saw was her serving that minister the way she had served everyone in the past. And I remember after he left, um, I said, Mama, he was different. She said, he was. And that was the end of that. Like there was no, this is what, and he should have done this, and he should have done that. You know, and then, but later, like over the weeks and months, I heard other people at the church who I admired, other leaders, saying things that I thought, this is not right, you know, and so uh, it really taught me, you know, to really just speak well of others, you know, uh, it's just because it says more about you than it does about the person you're talking about, and so she would say things like that for time to time. Both her and my dad were really about lifting people up, you know, and and she said, "Honey." and she also said this, you know, about using profanity. If that's all you've got to say, you know, she's, no, she said, when you use words like, you know, profane words, when you use profanity, honey, you just don't have much to say. (laughs) It was just like, if this is your only way of relating, you don't have much to relate, you know? And so, yeah, that, that, that was really, really an important lesson for me. Just to really speak well of others, I uh, had a colleague. I had a weird experience recently. A colleague called me and and said, um, uh, "Man, I really need to talk to you." But I know you never talk negatively about anybody. I said, "No, I'm here to I'm here to support you. It's okay if you need to process." But yeah, I'm not going to tear somebody down <laughs> because I know. Whatever energy I put back is going to come back to me. I I don't I don't want that. Uh, I don't want that. I'd rather just not say anything than to speak ill of somebody. But I said, but I can listen to you and I can support you in your process. And, uh, and my friend goes, yeah, be my minister for a minute. I said, you got it. You know, sometimes when you're, when you're ministers and your friends will call each other and say, okay, I need a minister. I don't want the friend right now. I want the minister. But, but it taught me, you know, always speak well of others because it, it shows that you are a person of grace. It shows that you, right, are a person of, um, you come from good stock. When you have to talk about everyone else, you're doing it because you don't feel good about yourself. And, you know, I just thought my mom's response, because clearly, whatever was going on with the minister there, he was not a good fit. And and that was the end of it. There wasn't how bad he was and how he set us up and all, all this stuff. There was nothing. And it was like, and we're just going to support and we're just going to keep showing up. And and she and then she said a little later, I'm remembering this now, she said a little later, you know, I'm gonna outlast any minister. This is my church. <laughs> and that was that was how she thought about it. She said, Look, we're everywhere. She was president of the board. All the kids ran the the things. She knew how to keep us out of trouble, keep us busy. So speaking well, always speaking well of others says a lot about you. And uh, it taught me a great, great deal, because ultimately, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Her commitment to others, to the service of others, was you don't have to speak ill of people. You try to lift them up, and if it's not a fit, you let them go on their way. You know. And this still has an impact on me um, today. uh,
1: Yeah, I met her a handful of times, and um, and I can just say that I can't. I can't imagine anyone who is a greater embodiment of just the, the joy of the Lord. Right. That's just that's who she was. And she walked yes. in a room and she just lit it up even <laughs> to the end. And so yes. um it was a pleasure to have met her, you know, and yeah. uh and yeah, she was she was a very special lady. Yes,
0: Absolutely. thank you. Yeah, she would get done running. <laughs> It's funny you're saying that. She would get done running, and we'd get back up, you know, back to the house because we came down this big hill at the end. And she would just, you know, just praise God. She would. She would just say, like, praise God. She would do the whole, like, the doxology, you know, we called it. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. After a run, <laughs> you know, just after a run, really beautiful. I mean, really, really beautiful. And and you're right, the joy was amazing. I mean, her caregivers at the center were in love with her. Well, why? She told them all every day she loved them. <laughs> you know, even in her Alzheimer's, she was still loving everybody. Um, one time I uh I broke her out. That's what we used to say. I would say, I'm breaking you out. Let's go get coffee. <laughs> and she loved that adventure. Like one time I borrowed my brother-in-law's truck, you know, that the door barely shuts, you know, it's real, a big old a clunker. I go, mom, I'm breaking you out. I've got the truck. She goes, let's go. You know, and we went and got coffee and we were down at the local, uh, in Noonan It's called the leaf and bean. And there was a girl behind the counter. She, she was all, you know, tattooed and pierced and everything. And, um, we I sat my mom down, and I was getting her coffee and like out of the and oh and on the way in, by the way, my mom did not go in anywhere without greeting everybody, like she knew everybody, even if she never met you before, you know she would be "Oh hi, honey, it's so good to see you, oh, you look good, oh hi, honey, and as she aged in her Alzheimer's, it would just became seriously everybody, and so the woman behind the counter. Just out of the blue, I went up to get our coffee, and she goes, oh, I'm so glad to see your mom again. And I said, oh, thank you. I said, i love to break her out, you know? Yes. I said, uh, she doesn't get out of the center much, because it is hard to get her in or out, and it, it can be a little disorienting. But because a coffee was always our thing, and I was with her, there was no disorientation. It was like, we were like back in Seattle together again, you know? So I when I went up to the counter to get our coffee, the woman goes, you know, Your mom really taught me how to love. It's wow. And she knew her just from the coffee shop. Yeah. I never would have imagined that this person ever saying anything like that based on her appearance. Yeah. So let's end right there today, friends. Think about that. What a gift. So I hope you take some time and remember those people that matter to you. Blessings on the journey, dear friend.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of The Authentic Spiritual Journey presented by Support Tech Staffing. This channel is also made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com slash support. The Authentic Spiritual Journey is copyright 2021, Cynthia Alice Anderson, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission from RR Hot Publishing. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.